The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very happy Friday morning to you. It is March 31st, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Last day of the month. Thank you so much for joining us. What are your big plans for the last day of the month? Uh, Come to work and go home. (laughs) There you go. How's that? That's exciting. Always have to remind myself on Friday mornings during Lent, it is a no meat day. So That's don't right. Put your sausage and bacon back if you've already started breakfast, because uh, you can't eat it. Mm, that's uh, that's a good idea. Okay. I, did, I you know I, I should have saved this for tonight because last night I had a lovely piece of Parmesan cod. It was very tasty. Ooh, that yeah. actually sounds incredibly delicious. Very good. Yes. So I uh, should have saved some for tonight. Oh, darn it. Why darn wasn't it. I thinking? Well, have leftovers today. Well, good to see you on this last day of March, heading into April, springtime, snow in the forecast for <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> so what, Vancouver <laughs> schools are going into spring break, and they're going right. to kick off their break with a little dusting of snow, possibly oh, on Sunday night boy. into Monday. Well, it is what it is. And what are you going to uh, do about it? I am holding my breath, and I am going to begin praying right now, and I'm going to invite all of our listeners to do the same thing, because if you look into a, t- uh, a, a week forecast that shows next weekend, yeah. which is Easter Sunday, the Triduum, and then we lead into Easter Sunday, it could be in the upper 60s. Really? Next Sunday. All right. If it holds. That's what I'm talking about. So what we need to do as a an entire Catholic community to pray to the Lord to allow us a beautiful resurrection morning next Sunday and not mess with the weather mm-hmm. system, please. That sounds wonderful. Wouldn't that be incredible? That would be very nice. So there you go. Well, if we can put up with this weekend, then we'll look forward to next weekend. So <laughs> Quite possibly. Now, I, you know, I, I say that about snow in the fort. The likelihood of any sticking snow down on the valley floor, pretty, uh, you know, not going to happen. Not going to Probably, happen. but I was just looking. There is snowflakes on the little icons on Sunday night and Monday morning. So and Monday morning. Just, okay. Just a heads up for just you. Just a little heads up. Okay. Well, I'll be ready for it because that's going to be important for yeah. us to know if we're going to get up here on Monday morning and to know whether or not there's any snow inside of our satellite, which oh, yeah, uh, those two can... things don't tend to go together very well. but Cause some problems. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I got a random question for you. Okay. Very random question for you. What is your favorite crayon color? Oh, what? See, I told you that was a random question. Oh, no. David, there's no way I can possibly pick one. I ask you this question because today is National Crayola Crayon Day. Crayons were awesome as a kid, weren't they? They were the best. They had that great smell and, you know, every different color. Uh, We always talk about the different size packs. My mother always just bought us the little pack. Yeah, I know. And then some of those kids would come up with the big giant pack that had the sharpener on the back. I know. I was always jealous of those kids. I never got those either. Well, I can tell you what my favorite color was. What's your favorite color? My favorite color was brick red. Brick red. Brick red. You know why it was brick red? I was thinking about this. I loved brick red because it reminded me of Christmas. Oh, Because really? we'd always drew, in grade school, we would do drawings, you know, Christmas drawings, and brick red was always the big one. 
that I, I love would it. use. That's the yeah. one you go to. Yeah. The go-to brick red. Yeah. And it's funny because when you say brick red, and all of the names in the Crayola uh, pack yeah. are fantastic because it's not red. Right. It's not crimson. It's brick red. Brick red. Yeah, I love not that. Can, my, I, my favorite color. I don't think it was in Crayola boxes, though. Candy apple red. Candy. Yeah, I don't recall that I don't one. think that was yeah. it. There was periwinkle. I love periwinkle. Yeah. Just because it's fun to say periwinkle. <laughs> it is. It is fun to say. Uh, when I was reading about this being National Crayola Crayon Day, they have over 400 colors now in their arsenal of crayons. Can you actually get a box of Crayola crayons with 400? Yeah. Crayons? I don't know. Maybe I haven't looked at boxes of crayons recently, but maybe that's a possibility. Or there might be like different smaller variety packs okay. with different colors, but that's what I read. Oh, we so had anyway. for my kids the the crayon maker where you take your old Crayolas and then you put it in the little warming tin and then you could pour it into a mold and you could use it would be like oh. a multicolored little crayon. No kidding. Yeah, I didn't even know they had that. It. Yeah, that is cool. It's a it's a fun little thing under supervision, uh, parental supervision only because that. Yeah, you melt yeah, some wax I, in there sure, and stuff. But understand. it was fun because you could, like, all these blended colors. Because all, what do you do with all the little broken pieces of crayons? Right. Yeah, exactly. You don't use them because yeah, they never them, work so, the same right. again. That's cool. You could develop your own colors. There you go. I like it. Uh, what do you got coming up today? Well, hot chicken soup is always the recipe for a quick recovery mm-hmm. when you're feeling bad. Apparently, David, Italian pizza does the same thing. Mm. I have an update on All Pope right. Francis. Oh, yeah. I like that. All right. Very good. So yesterday was the opening of Major League Baseball uh-huh. season. I don't know if you remember Adley Rushman. Nope. Uh, Oregon State catcher, all-star catcher. What a day. He had a good day. He had a historic day. <gasps> I, I'm And I am not kidding you. A historic day for the Baltimore Orioles. He's a catcher there. He was a rookie last year. Oh, yeah. I need to know this story. Tell you about that in the news. All right. We're going to start things off now with Matt Marr and Lenten Music, Abide With Me. And we are the morning blend right here on this Friday morning at Mater Day Radio. I have a home, eternal home. But for now, I walk this broken world You walked it first You know our pain But you show hope can rise again up from the grave Abide with me
eternity Won't weep no more and sing for joy Abide with me Won't weep no more sing for joy Abide with me That is Matt Marr and Abide With Me. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this last day of March, and it couldn't happen on a better day than a Friday. That's perfect. How about that? Well, we're going to talk with Father Gary Lazzaroni. He is the pastor at St. Joseph's Church in Vancouver, talking about a very important mm-hmm. issue, kind of the consolidation of churches in the Archdiocese of Seattle. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. Prayer is one of the three pillars of Lent, and Mater Dei Radio is ready to offer up your special intentions during this holy season. Our committed team of prayer warriors wants to hear from you by clicking Pray on the Hail Mary Media app or materdayradio.com. Call them directly with your request at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. You can keep praying with Mater Dei Radio during Lent through our daily broadcast of the celebration of Holy Mass, the mysteries of the Rosary, and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Plus, their stirring Lenten reflections, special features on the morning blend, and the Stations of the Cross of our Lord's Passion at 7 o'clock on Friday nights. Pray your way through Lent into Easter with the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Dei Radio leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
713 at Monterey Radio. We're going to want to bring the rain gear with you today because it's going to be a rainy, breezy day throughout the day today. High of 50 degrees. Same for tonight. Rainy and breezy. Low of 40. And then pretty much Saturday and Sunday, yeah, showers throughout the weekend. Highs right around 50 degrees. Currently, it is 46 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 46 degrees at St. Ignatius Church in Portland. Well, we all know the immeasurable value that our priests and seminarians are to the life of the church. And by virtue of his sacramental ordination, the priest is ordered to the Eucharist in a way that is both distinctive and defining. And this orients the entire life and ministry of the priest. We know that the vocation of the priesthood has been on the decline in the U.S. and around the world for years now. Now, recognizing this in the Archdiocese of Seattle, they have implemented a strategic plan in an effort to sustain the ability for priests to provide for our parishes. Now, joining me this morning to explain this further is Father Gary Lazzaroni, the Vicar for Strategic Pastoral Planning for this effort. Good morning, Father Gary. Thanks so much for joining the Morning Blend. Good morning, Brenda. It's a real pleasure to be here with you. Well, I appreciate your time in coming on and explaining to us, especially those who are living in Clark County and are listening to us, because this is affecting just the Archdiocese of Seattle, the vocation of the priesthood. It's dwindling. There's no other way to say that. But it's not just in Seattle. It is worldwide. But what is specifically the status of vocations in the Archdiocese of Seattle? Well, we've seen uh, a pretty significant decline in vocations to the priesthood uh, here in Seattle, and we project that out uh, into the future as well. As we look ahead um, over the next 15 years, uh, we're projecting to ordain uh, about uh, 2.5 men to the priesthood uh, over the next uh, 10 to 15 years. now that is a number that just doesn't sustain uh the number of uh priests that we are uh losing to retirement um and to death and so uh that's one element of the what's driving this need to do some real strategic pastoral planning so that we can be an effective church uh into the 21st century I should also say, Brenda, that um, it is about the decline in vocations to the priesthood, but that's only one element that's driving this. Um, We've also seen pretty significant decline in those who are entering lay ecclesial ministry, that is, people who give their lives as lay people to ministry in the church. Um, We've also seen a pretty significant decline Um, dramatic decline in the number of people coming to Mass, uh, in the number of people celebrating sacraments, baptism, confirmation, uh, First Eucharist, um, people getting married in the church. Uh, So it is is, uh, this decline in vocations to the priesthood uh, certainly is one of the driving forces, but it's not the only one. Since the pandemic, of course, I think every parish saw a decline in, of course, those attending. And then those numbers haven't seemed to quite 
come back. Is the the number of people in parishes, is that um, an important part of this plan, meaning that if a parish had a high number of people attending it, that uh, we maybe wouldn't see this decline or it was something that is happening, but the pandemic maybe just sped things along? Yeah, I would think I would say it's that <clears throat> that the um, the pandemic really um, just uh, exacerbated uh, an issue that we were seeing on a pretty steady decline in all of those areas that I named. Um, we have seen a rebound, uh, and it's um, while it isn't across the board uh, in in many many places, uh, we've seen people. Uh, coming back. And I would say at St. Joe's in Vancouver, we're probably at about 80% of where we were pre-pandemic. Um, but it it was a number that was declining even before the, before the pandemic. Father Gary Lazzaroni is joining us this morning. Father Gary's the pastor at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver and has also been named Vicar for Strategic Pastoral Planning in the Partners in the Gospel Initiative. Father Gary, this initiative was introduced by Archbishop Achen just a little while ago. Let our listeners know a little bit about what this initiative involves, because I think that the priest's decline and parish decline is just a part of that. Yes. I mean, Partners in the Gospel is really about restructuring and re-envisioning the church so that we can be effective uh, in proclaiming the gospel. The idea behind Partners in the Gospel is to ask the question, how can we most effectively in the 21st century, in the Catholic Church in Western Washington, help people to encounter Jesus, to accompany one another on the journey of faith, and to live the joy of the gospel? That really is been, has been the pastoral plan for uh, the Archdiocese since uh, Archbishop Aitchen uh, came to the Archdiocese. And so um, this is just another uh, step towards trying to help re-envision the church, restructure the church, so that we can be effective in those areas of encountering Jesus, accompanying one another, living the joy of the gospel. What we just have concluded, um, given what we just talked about in terms of decline in numbers, what we're doing simply isn't working. And so to to continue going down the road that we're going, where we continue to see a decline in pastoral practice, do you see a decline in sacramental practice, see a decline in the number of people going to Mass, seeing a decline in vocations to priesthood, religious life, seeing a decline in uh, those entering into lay ecclesial ministry. In all of those ways, if we were just to continue doing what we're doing, that's actually the definition of insanity. And so uh, this is an attempt, uh, and I think a, a good one, uh, to reinvigorate uh, the life of the church. And so what it involves is this, Brenda. We're going uh, to, over the next several years, enter into a process by which we examine how we can more effectively uh, be the church. And this process we're going to use is uh, underway now, um, which is uh, consulting around how do we come together in what we're calling parish families. 
Currently in the Archdiocese of Seattle, we have 174 locations. That's 136 parishes, 26 missions, and 12 stations. For those 174 locations, we currently have about 80 diocesan priests and about 50 or 60 religious and extern priests. Extern priests are those who come from outside of the Archdiocese to serve us here in the Archdiocese of Seattle. Um, in 15 years, we project that we'll have about 60 diocesan priests to be able to serve us. Um, that that number just isn't, you know, you can't do the math there uh, sure. to, to make that work. And so Partners in the Gospel aims at bringing together two, three, four parishes into a parish family. We're in the consultation process uh, about that right now with some consultative leadership groups, an oversight committee, a presbyteral council uh, who are looking at, um, at what makes the most sense uh, in bringing uh, parishes together uh, in parish families. Father Gary, you said this model, meaning that there seems to have been um, a plan or a blueprint previous to the Archdiocese of Seattle entering into this. What model was Seattle looking at in order to formulate partners in the gospel? We consulted with um, several dioceses about how they've approached this. Uh, and uh, it, this isn't new uh, in the church in the United States. The one we landed on that was uh, most uh, attractive to us was the model they're using in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Uh, their program is called Beacons of Light, but it's very similar to what we are undertaking. Um, so, and they're uh, ahead of us. They implemented what we're implementing in July of 2024. They just implemented uh, last July and July of 2022. So it was the Archdiocese of Cincinnati that really became uh, the model for us, although we're uh, adapting it for our needs here in Western Washington. And I can say a little more about that, but you might have an additional question. Oh, oh I actually, Father Gary, I have a few more additional questions. This is very interesting, and I know so many interested in knowing what this means to me in my parish, in my pew. I am coming up against my break, though. Father Gary, can you please stay with me through the break so we can continue our discussion in the next half hour? I'd be happy to. And it is 723 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. This is a big project. It's a big undertaking. It's unsettling for those of us who are part of the Archdiocese yeah. of Seattle. So we get into more about very specifically what the plan calls for as far as the bringing together of several parishes mm. into one. All right. We'll look forward to that in the next segment. Hey, coming up April 17th through the 21st, just a couple weeks away. It is Mater Dei Radio's 2023 Spring Share-a-thon. We hope you will join us that week. It's a wonderful week. We have a lot of volunteers in helping us out. Wonderful guests who will be joining us for our Spring Share-a-thon. 
Really important, obviously, for Mater Day Radio. Spring share Fall share It's how we raise our funds for our operation. So we really appreciate your support. And to everyone who's already made a pledge, you can do it right now, too. Just go to our website. Click on Spring share There's a Give Now button on it. You can give right now if you'd like to do that as well. Help us build our matching fund, actually. All the information on the Spring share seek the truth. That's the theme. Information, materdayradio.com or through the free Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities program information at catholiccharitiesoregon.org. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jumpstart to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. Well, a Manhattan grand jury votes to indict the former president. We'll have the details in the news. And it looks like a nice slice of Italian pizza works just as good mm. as chicken soup. Got an update on Pope Francis for you coming up. Here is Taylor Tripodi and Be Glorified. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
Taylor Tripodi and be glorified. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, the Vatican said on Friday that Pope Francis may be discharged from the hospital on Saturday after responding well to treatments yesterday and sharing a pizza dinner with those assisting him. In two brief statements in the early afternoon of March 31st, the Vatican spokesman Matteo Bruni also said that Pope Francis is scheduled to be present at the Vatican's Palm Sunday Mass at St. Peter's Square. Now, Pope Francis was admitted to Rome's Gemelli Hospital on Wednesday afternoon with difficulty breathing. He was later diagnosed with bronchitis mm. also. Now, on the morning of March 31st, the Pope has had breakfast, read the newspaper, and resumed work, Bruni said, adding that His Holiness is expected to return to his Santa Marta home tomorrow upon the outcome of the results of the last tests happening this morning. Oh, that's great to hear. I love that. But, I'm going to try that next time yeah. I'm sick is to get pizza. pizza. What kind of pizza did he get? I don't know. I'm thinking it was a margarita. Probably. Just simple. Very you know? simple, thin yeah. cracker crust. That's the way they make it there in Italy, apparently. Well, a Manhattan grand jury has voted to indict Donald Trump on charges involving payments made during the 2016 presidential campaign to silence claims of an alleged extramarital encounter with an adult film actress. It's the first ever criminal case against a former U.S. president. The indictment, while sealed, was confirmed yesterday by a lawyer for Trump after the news broke. Trump has denied any wrongdoing and says the charges are politically motivated. According to reports, the former president was expected to surrender to authorities next week. The Manhattan case is just one of several legal matters Trump is dealing with, including being investigated for his role in Georgia's 2020 vote count, storing classified documents at his Florida home, and the events at the nation's capital on January 6th. Well, the Portland International Airport and ZGF Architects finally gave Portlanders a look at what the new main terminal will eventually look like in 2025. From a new check-in area to acres of latticed wood ceiling, the future of PDX looks pretty good. Yeah. Now, the new facelift is part of a five-year, $2 billion investment at PDX. Now, construction has been underway for the last two years, and now crews starting to bring it all together one section at a time. Now, the carpet's a big deal for Portlanders, and everybody's wondering yeah, what's, what's happening. Yeah. Well, their love for the old, iconic carpet is what makes Portland a bit of a quirky place. A new facelift, though, means out with the old, in with the new. Mm-hmm. And if these new renderings are to believe, the people shall have the old PDX carpets, at least in some of the waiting areas. 
You know, we were just in PDX. Were you? Yeah, last uh, two weeks ago. And, you know, I didn't even think about it. I was so tired by the time we got in. And I didn't really look around. It was just kind of like, oh, let's get going, you know. Yes. And and so I wish I would have spent a little bit more time. It still looks like a construction zone. I think they did say some yeah. of that wood lattice is starting to come in and tree live trees are being yeah. brought in together with all of this. You're Everybody's still kind of routed around quite a bit. The renderings, though, absolutely yeah. incredible. Go online today and take a look at what they've posted because, oh, you, you just want to go sit in there and yeah. have a meal. It's so beautiful. After being in other airports, PDX is really oh, nice. Oh, it's so easy. Yeah. Well, some encouraging news for potential home buyers. There was another week of falling mortgage rates, with the average rate dropping last week for the third week in a row, according to data from Freddie Mac, released yesterday. Now, the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage averaged 6.32% in the week ending March 30th. That's down about a tenth of a percent from the week before. A year ago, the 30-year fixed rate was just over 4.5%. Spokesperson for Freddie Mac says over the last several weeks, declining rates have brought home buyers back into the market. But as the spring home buying season gets underway, low inventory remains a key challenge for prospective buyers. He says buyers continue to be very sensitive to mortgage rates and are expected to eye any more dips this spring with an opportunity. Well, an orca captured from the Puget Sound more than 50 years ago may be closer to coming home. For years, members of Washington's Lumination have, excuse me, Lumination have been fighting for the orca's release from a Miami aquarium where she's been held since the early 70s. Thursday, the owners of the Miami Seaquarium announced a formal and binding agreement with Friends of Lolita to begin the process of returning the orca to Puget Sound. Now, the release indicates that the joint effort is working towards and hopes the relocation will be possible in the next 18 to 24 months. Now, born free in the Puget Sound, Tokate. Tokate okay. is what they named her, was a southern resident orca, was just four years old when she was captured in the San Juan Islands and sold to the Miami Sea Aquarium in 1971. They named her Lolita. Now, if released, the plans called for Tokate to inhabit a large underwater pen in the San Juan Island. It would be built with the help from the nonprofit The Whale Sanctuary Project. The Whale Project is currently constructing a seaside sanctuary in Nova Scotia for whales retired from entertainment parks, and they're helping finalize plan for Tokate's Salish Sea Pen mm. 2. Free Lolita. Free Lolita. Time Remember to bring the movie? Her home. Free, free Willie? Was it free? Yeah, it's the exact same. Yeah. It sounds exactly like the same thing. Although Tokate sounds like she might be most definitely in her retirement years. In sports, how about this for opening day of the Major League Baseball season? Former Oregon State catcher Adley Rutschman playing in his first opening day for the Baltimore Orioles went five for five, including what? four RBIs, and his first at bat was a home run. No one in the majors had done anything like this since 1937. Wow. Uh, Oh, my. Isn't that amazing? So the Orioles ended up beating the Red Sox in a wild one. It was 10 to 9. But what an outing for Adley. That's awesome. That's incredible. Batting 1,000. He's batting 1,000 going into day two (laughs) 
<laughs> of uh, Major League Baseball season. And the Mariners won 3 to nothing over Love Cleveland. It. So there you go. That uh, pitch clock, did that seem to play a, a role yeah. in games yesterday? I, I think it did. I, I think uh, the pitchers maybe felt that it helped them a little bit uh, from really? what I was reading, uh, thinking that it doesn't give the batters as much time to kind of settle and adjust. Okay. Where the pitchers can just get the ball, get wind ball up. Get the ball and wind it up and get it over let, the base. Let her go. University of Portland baseball team will try to build on its undefeated record in the West Coast Conference when it travels to St. Mary's for a trio of games, first being this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Pilots are 6-0 and in conference play following sweeps over Pepperdine and Pacific. Ducks and Beavers also on the road. Oregon has three games at the Arizona Wildcats, while Oregon State will play three in Seattle against the Washington Huskies. You know what I did yesterday, David? What's that? I entered the lottery to buy tickets to the All-Star game. You did? Yeah, I did. You can go online. I shouldn't tell people to do this because I want to better my chances, but there's a lottery where you can enter in your email and the lottery gives you the chance to buy the tickets. Of course, it's going to be in Seattle. I think it's at July 11th or right Mm, around that that second, second week of July. So that'd be fun. We'll see. Yeah. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Wow, David, busy weekend ahead. If you are looking for something to do, you can start things on Saturday. The Catholic Medical Association Portland Guild Mass and Meeting. It is happening at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. Monsignor Gerard O'Connor will celebrate Mass at 7.30 in the morning, followed by a presentation and discussion of Jonathan Haidt's book, The Righteous Mind, which addresses how people assess what's morally right and wrong. And of course, on Sunday, you can attend a Donna Corey Gibson fundraising concert in Vancouver happening at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Just head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And Brenda continues her interview with Father Gary, St. Joseph Church in Vancouver, right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. Please join me, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, and the listeners of Mater Day Radio as we pray for the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in our battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com forward slash prayer, or call our prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's materdayradio.com forward slash prayer. 
What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 742 at Day Radio. Rainy and breezy today. Could see gusts up to 30 miles per hour. High 50 degrees. More rain overnight tonight. Low of 40. And then showers right on through the weekend. Highs right around 50 degrees. Currently it is 45 degrees at St. Juan Diego Catholic Church in Portland. And 43 degrees at St. Mark Church in Eugene. I am back with Father Gary Lazzaroni. Of course, we know Father Gary as the pastor of St. Joseph's Church in Vancouver, but he's also recently been named the Vicar for Strategic Pastoral Planning in the Partners in the Gospel Initiative. Father Gary is joining us today to explain just a little bit more what that is and how it's going to be affecting the churches in the Archdiocese of Seattle, and for those of us who are living in Clark County in the Southern Deanery. Father Gary, thank you so much for staying with me today. It's a pleasure to be here and talking to you, Brenda. So Father Gary, as we ended our last conversation in the last half hour, we began to talk about this parish family initiative, this grouping that uh, in consultation is going to be happening so let's let me ask you this way, because people that's the first concern is, well, what does that mean for my parish where I am? I think what I'd like to know first, before we try to understand what these family parishes are look like prior to the implementation of Partners in the Gospel, did the archbishop, along with his council and advisors, were there other efforts that were looked at to keep from having to restructure so dramatically in the way that we have in order, as you said, we have many extern and orders of priests uh, that are available, uh, where their uh, thoughts on, you know, having a more pastoral assistance and have priests travel around more in order to cover the area. Was there an effort prior to this that were tried or suggested and realized it wasn't going to work and that you settled on partners in the gospel. Yes, there were other efforts. And uh, under Archbishop Aitchen, uh, there were recent efforts uh, in consolidating some parishes in Tacoma, in Everett, in South Seattle. Um, so that effort happened uh, over the last couple of years. Um, but this isn't new for the Archdiocese of Seattle. Those efforts were um, were tried uh, under uh, Archbishop Aitchen's uh, predecessor, Archbishop Sarton. Uh, was also tried under his predecessor, Archbishop Brunette, uh, under Archbishop um, Murphy, under Archbishop Hunthausen. Um, I would say, uh, if you look at the history of the Archdiocese of Seattle, these conversations about the need to look at resources and uh, really evaluate whether we have uh, need to reassess uh, started way back under Archbishop Hunthausen. So this isn't a new um, challenge for us, uh, but it is for the first time uh, really meeting that challenge in a way that I think both um, involves some direction from the Archbishop, 
but also involves the voice of all of the people of the Archdiocese of Seattle. That's what really attracted us to this model, is that um, it's not going to be something that's going to be imposed on people. There will be some direction, uh, but people were, are going to have a voice in it from the very beginning. Father Gary Lazzaroni joining us this morning. Father Gary is the Victor for Strategic Pastoral Planning, and we are joined today talking about the Partners in the Gospel Initiative for the Archdiocese of Seattle. Father Gary, then in our last half hour, we began discussing this parish family. So what does that mean? Because if you have several parishes and have a dwindling number of priests to attend to the needs of of a parish and all that it is beyond Sunday masses. There are funerals and classes and things that, you know, that that priests are needed for. Well, really, 24-7, the needs of a priest are there. So what does that mean, parish family? One priest can't possibly attend to all of the needs of every parishioner in three or four parishes. What happens within a parish family? Yeah, so the model uh, will bring together, as I said, two, three, uh, in some cases, four parishes under one pastor and one or more parochial vicars. So there will be several priests serving each parish family uh, under one pastor. Um, So that consultation process uh, is underway uh, about what's the best configuration of those parish families And then um, over the course of the next several months, that consultation will include all the priests of the Archdiocese of Seattle. And then in the fall of this year, we're going to share the draft of those parish family configurations with all the people of the Archdiocese and ask for input uh, from them. So the one message I would like to get out today, Brenda, is um, that for those who feel like decisions have already been made, Um, that we know which parishes are closing, which are staying open. Um, Just that is simply not true. Uh, There are no decisions made. And in fact, uh, in July of 2024, when we implement uh, this parish family configuration, all of those parishes are still individual parishes that are open. Uh, They're just being served by one pastor and multiple parochial vicars. Um, Then it's over the course of the next three years after that, that the parish family themselves enters into a discernment process about what will become the one parish. Um, But that's not a decision, as I said, that's going to be imposed on them. And then one final distinction to make, that a parish is distinct from a church. So you could have one parish that has multiple churches in that parish. And in fact, that's what it will be in the parish family. Those parishes will still be individual, independent parishes under one pastor, and then we'll enter into a discernment process about what becomes the one parish. Is there a primary worship site? What to do with the other sites? All of that, that's up to the discernment of the of the parishioners and their pastor and their parish leaders. Father Gary, what it draws up in me in, in hearing about how a group of people will come together and decide 
which which is the one parish all of us i mean we are all human and while we understand i mean on paper we we recognize that vocations are down and we need priests and there's just not enough of them at the same time you know people have been at certain parishes generationally and they look at their church building as this is where my children were baptized. This is where I was baptized and I received my confirmation and I was married here and now I'm bringing my children here. And they hear these bigger parishes that happen in all different areas. They're just going to swallow us up. Right. So I have to go in, be ready to defend our parish. You know, what, what can you say to help all of us just really kind of, calm ourselves and enter into this being led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that this is really about a discernment process. It really isn't about a larger larger church uh, swallowing a smaller church. Uh, it isn't really about a larger parish um, taking over a smaller parish. It's about how do we respect and really value the shared history that we have in the Archdiocese of Seattle in all of those locations that we have. And how do we admit to the current reality that we all live with that what we have now is not sustainable? And so will there be grief? Sure. But will there be new possibilities, new opportunities for us as the people of God in Western Washington? Yes. I mean, this is so exciting. What's not exciting is to continue down a road where we have um, dwindling attendance at mass, dwindling sacramental practice, aging buildings that we can't afford uh, to keep up anymore. Uh, This provides us as an opportunity to really listen to where the Spirit is calling us to together and then to go into the future uh, filled with hope Mm. that we will be able to more effectively encounter Jesus, accompany one another on the journey of faith, and then go out and live the joy of the gospel. That's what's exciting about this. So change is difficult for sure but it also provides wonderful opportunities to be more effective disciples and evangelists. Well, thank you so much for just sharing that and and reminding us that we do need to be open to, again, what the Holy Spirit is providing us, because we know that, well, we must sustain our church here in the Archdiocese of Seattle. Now, before we go, Father Gary, tell us what is uh, the Archbishop asking of all of us during this period now as we await this kind of announcement of the parish family group? To pray, to participate, uh, and the best way to participate is through prayer for this effort. There is uh, a, 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 an Archdiocesan uh, webpage devoted to partners in the gospel. There's a newsletter that everybody should sign up for uh, and to get onto that webpage regularly uh, for the resources that are there to help us uh, through this process. Oh, excellent. Well, Father Gary, thank you so much. As we continue into this process over the next few years, please join us again to kind of help us along and explain further where we are at. Before we go, Father, will you end us in a prayer and your priestly blessing? 
I would be happy to. It would be a privilege. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we thank you for what you have called us to here in the Archdiocese of Seattle. We thank you for the courageous women and men who for more than 170 years have shared the joy of the gospel here. Help us, Lord, to stand on their shoulders and to do them justice as we lead this church into the 21st century. We know, Lord, that you will guide us if we stay open to you. Help us, Lord, to be attentive to the voice of your spirit as we listen to that voice within the people of God. We call upon the Blessed Virgin now as we turn to her as the one who always listened. And so we pray through her intercession that she may bless us and keep us, that the Lord may make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us, that he may look upon us with kindness and give us his great peace and joy. And so may you all be blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And again, that is Father Gary Lazzaroni. So Father Gary mentioned a website where you can find out more information and to sign up for the newsletter. To make that easier for our listeners, I will include those links on the podcast of this interview. It'll get you right to where you need to be. You can find that podcast uh, at com, and, of course, the Hail Mary media app. And it is 7.55 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Well, great interview and great insight into what's happening at the Archdiocese of Seattle. Yeah, and, and let me just remind our listeners that that's happening in Seattle Archdiocese, which affects the Southern Deanery yeah. on the north side of the river. That is not the plan at all that's happening here in Portland. But for those of us who do live in the Archdiocese of Seattle, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot entering into this, and uh, we just have to pray through these next mm-hmm. few years uh, and just, you know, let, yeah. the, let the Holy Spirit guide us. Yep, absolutely. We'll be following it along, that's for sure. Hey, one of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website under the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. All the information is there. Quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you as well. Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at modernrayradio.com. 
Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mantra Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 7.57 at Mater Day Radio and working on a new no-fly list. We'll have the details in the news. And the tabernacle kept in the private chapel of the late Bishop O'Connell discovered missing. I'll tell you about that story coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. As this year's season of Lent draws to a close, it's a good idea to redouble our efforts toward our Lenten fasting and sacrifice. Today's saint, Guy of Pomposa, spent much of his life practicing harsh self-discipline, but he wasn't always that way. Guido, also known as Guy, was born in Ravenna, Italy around the year 970. His parents doted heavily on him, and he sought to live up to their praise and expectations. As he grew into a young man, he became very particular about his clothes and overall appearance, but this attitude wouldn't last for long. Guy was struck one day by the realization that all the attention he spent on his appearance was a meaningless attachment to vanity. Overwhelmed with guilt at this way of living, he removed all the finery he was wearing, dressed himself in the shabbiest clothes he could get his hands on, and gave his possessions away to the poor. Paying no mind to his parents, who were horrified by the sudden transformation in their son, Guy departed his home and traveled to the Holy Land, where he became a monk. When he returned home to Ravenna, God sought the guidance of a hermit named Martin, who would help him learn to live without worldly conceits. Guy adapted very quickly, and within three years, Martin sent him to the Abbey of Pomposa so he could take up the monastic life. This turned out to be the right place for Guy. His growing virtue was recognized, and he rapidly advanced in office. When the abbot died, Guy was elected to take his place. Thanks to his reputation, the monastery experienced unbelievable growth under his leadership. Seeking his guidance, many joined the abbey. The number of monks increased so rapidly that they had to put up more buildings just to house them. Even after he became abbot, Guy was known for depriving himself of all kinds of comforts. This was especially true during Lent, when his austerities became so extreme that some compared them to torture. Despite how harsh he was on himself, he remained very kind toward the monks he oversaw. As he grew advanced in age, Guy retreated from society and lived quietly in a hermitage. Even in this state, he willingly answered the summons of Emperor Henry III, who wished to consult him in 1046. He never reached his destination at Piacenza, dying partway there near Parma. Both Parma and Pomposa laid claim on his relics. To settle the dispute, the emperor chose neither location and instead had his body interred in Speyer, Germany. Guy was fortunate to realize early in his life that he was extremely vain, and from that moment, he did everything he could to combat that vanity. Lent is an opportunity for us to do something similar, to examine ourselves, see what earthly attachments we have grown accustomed to, and set them aside, at least for a while. There's no better way to prepare for the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Saint Guy of Pomposa, pray for us.
Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio and learn about Lenten resources, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 801. And in your news, an empty tabernacle that was bolted to the wall has been stolen from the residence of the late Los Angeles Auxiliary Bishop David O'Connell, who was murdered in his Hacienda Heights, California home in February. Now, news of O'Connell's February 18th murder shocked the nation following reports that he died after suffering multiple gunshot wounds. Now, the local and wider Catholic community mourned O'Connell, who was remembered as a man of peace dedicated to serving the poor and immigrants. The Archdiocese of Los Angeles told Catholic News Agency that the burglary occurred sometime over the past weekend. The Archdiocese said that the tabernacle was located in O'Connell's personal chapel. The theft was reported to law enforcement and security has been enhanced. The U.S. Senate and House members proposed a new no-fly list for unruly passengers on Wednesday, an idea that was pushed by airline unions but failed to gain traction last year. Now, the legislation would let the Transportation Security Administration ban people convicted or fined for assaulting or interfering with airline crew members. It would be separate from the current FBI no-fly list, which is intended to prevent people suspected of terrorism ties from boarding planes. Now, the number of incidents involving unruly passengers dropped sharply last year after a judge struck down a federal requirement to wear masks on planes. However, incidents serious enough to be investigated by federal officials remain more than five times higher than before the pandemic. Civil libertarians vow to oppose the measure, saying it unfairly targets people of color. Have you seen any of those videos that go online of people recording? Because everybody has a phone. Yeah. And so now you see many of these incidences. It's incredible. Yeah, it just it boggles the mind. It does. I think, you know what I think actually would go a long way to helping this? Stop serving alcohol. Uh, it could be, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good step in the right direction. Maybe, maybe you're uh, right about just that. It seems yeah. like that is a big uh, uh, component in, yeah. some of, in many of these. Sure. Well, after repeated calls from Canadian Indigenous communities for the Catholic Church to rescind the so-called Doctrine of Discovery, the Vatican has disowned that position, claiming it never formed part of the Catholic faith, but stopped short of rescinding it. In a joint statement released Thursday, the Vatican Dicastery for Culture and Education and the Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development said the Catholic Church upholds the dignity of every human being and repudiates those concepts that fail to recognize the inherent human rights of indigenous people, including what has become known as the legal and political doctrine of discovery. Now, the Catholic Church's doctrine of discovery is not an official church doctrine, but rather consists of a series of edicts published in the 15th century endorsing the colonization of West Africa and the Americas. Now, in Thursday's statement, the Vatican acknowledged the church's past failings and admitted that over the course of history, many Christians have committed evil acts against indigenous peoples for what recent popes have asked forgiveness on numerous occasions. 
The Vatican said dialogue with indigenous communities is ongoing and that through this dialogue, the Catholic Church has been able to better understand past and present suffering due to the expropriation of their lands, as well as forced assimilation through the former national residential school system. Well, don't mess with the dolphins. No. Yeah, that's the message in Hawaii, where authorities there this week say they have referred 33 people to U.S. law enforcement after the group allegedly harassed a pod of wild dolphins in waters off the Big Island. It's against federal law to swim within 50 yards of spinner dolphins in Hawaii's nearshore waters. The prohibition went into effect in 2021 amid concerns that so many tourists were swimming with dolphins that the nocturnal animals weren't getting the rest they need during the day to be able to forage for food at night. The rule applies to areas within two nautical miles of the Hawaiian islands and in designated water surrounding the islands of Lanai, Maui, and Kahalawi. Aerial footage shot by drone shows snorkelers who appear to be aggressively pursuing, corralling, and harassing the pod, according to authorities. I can't even imagine (laughs) a single person who would want to harass and corral wild dolphins. Yeah, come on. Leave them alone. Let them be their dolphins. They don't come into your house. That's right. Mess up your kitchen, eat all of your food, put milk cartons back in your refrigerator empty. Leave them alone. You know, in reading the story, what I did not know is that they are a nocturnal animal. I didn't realize that either. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. So they said that during the daytime, they they kind of like sleep with one eye open. And okay. so so they can still get air, but they're, they are resting. And then at nighttime, that's when they're doing, or excuse me, yeah, they're nocturnal. Yeah. So they, they sleep, hunt at yeah, night. At hunt night and sleep during the day. Yeah. So interesting. Let them have their naps. That's right. Well, fire crews responded Thursday morning to two homes on fire in Portland's Northwest Heights neighborhood, sparked by an explosion in one of the homes, firefighters said. Now, crews arrived and confirmed the explosion in one home and saw that the fire had fully engulfed the home, spread to the house next door. No injuries were reported. Crews began applying water to the fire and were able to keep it from spreading beyond the two homes. The cause of the explosion is not yet known, and the extent of damage to the second house also unknown. Natural gas utility provider Northwest Natural also responded to the scene and was working Thursday afternoon to make sure all gas service in the area was secure. Northwest Natural later said in a statement that its crews had completed surveys of the pipeline system in the area to verify its integrity. I saw some of the video of that. It was scary fire. Boy. Yeah, that whole house. Up. Big house. It it was a big house and a lot of fire and and the house Mm. next to it. How quickly that could have spread. So thank goodness for our firefighters to protect the neighborhood. And no injuries, too. So that was good. Uh, sports final four set for tonight in the NCAA women's college basketball tournament. So at four this afternoon, it's LSU against Virginia tech. That will be followed by Iowa against defending champion South Carolina games are on ESPN. This could be a couple of really good games because those are like two top seeds and a three seed and the two seed. So you, you got all the good ones there, at least how they were seeded. So should be some good ball games. Portland Trailblazers wrap up their five-game homestand tonight with another game against Sacramento. Kings beat the Blazers Wednesday night at the Moda Center. So following tonight's contest, Portland hits the road for four straight. They conclude the season on April 9th with a home game 
against Golden State. Blazers are tied with Orlando for the fifth worst record in the NBA. So I guess the season can't get over too soon. So yeah, so after tonight's game, only one more home game. That's it. Okay, that's it. And then, David, when do the college men Final Four hit the... Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, they play tomorrow. Tomorrow too. All right. I got to think about who's in that. Connecticut. uh, Aztecs. San Diego State. They're playing the Florida Atlantic or something. Florida Atlantic and Miami. There you go. That's tomorrow. So there's your men's final four. Well, the Padre Pio movie starring Hollywood actor Shia LaBeouf will release in the United States this year. Dateline reported that entertainment company Gravitas Ventures obtained distribution rights to the film. The theatrical release is scheduled for June 2nd, 2023. Now, the movie follows the young life of St. Padre Pio, a Franciscan priest, mystic, and stigmatist. And it takes place after World War I upon his entry into the Capuchin Monastery in San Giovanni Rotondo. Now, the movie initially premiered at the Venice Film Festival in September of last year. Now, director Abel Ferrara told Dateline that Padre Pio is a film about the spiritual journey of the great saint, in parallel with that of Shia LaBeouf, who portrays him. Now, brother Alexander Rodriguez, Capuchin, portrayed Padre Pio's spiritual companion in the film. He told Church Pop that the movie shows why Padre Pio received the stigmata, and he adds, it's a very accurate portrayal Hmm. of how one receives the stigmata. I'm really fascinated to see how Shia LaBeouf plays Padre Pio. Just looking at the pictures of him, I mean, he like fully entered into this role. Very close similarity in looks. Uh, Interesting. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On Sunday evening at 7 o'clock is a Palm Sunday performance of Lamentations happening at St. Philip Neary Catholic Church in Portland. All are invited to attend Thomas Luis de Victoria's Lamentations performed by Cantores in Ecclesia, directed by the wonderful Blake Applegate. You can find information on these and other events. Just head over to the community calendar at materdayradio.com. You'll also access the calendar on the Hail Mary media app. And speaking of music, Terry Ross, host of Glory of the Mass, he joins us next. Going to talk Palm Sunday and Holy Week music. It's right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. At Mater Dei Radio, everything we do is meant to illuminate the truth of Christ. From starting the day with David and Brenda on the morning blend to closing the night with the mysteries of the rosary, we're devoted to leading souls into the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus. Mark your calendar for April 17th through 21st as we seek the truth during Mater Dei Radio's 2023 Spring share It's going to be a week of joyful celebration. And you can be a big part of it by helping us build a strong matching fund. Your support now will have a deep impact on Mater Dei Radio's success in April by providing a strong incentive for our share listeners to match your prayerful giving. To learn more and make your matching gift, go now to materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and seek the truth during our 2023 Spring share at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 814 of Mater Dei Radio, scattered showers and rain today, high of 50 degrees, going to be breezy as well. Rainy and breezy overnight tonight, low of 40, and then more showers right on through the weekend. Highs right around 50 degrees. Currently, it is 47 degrees at St. Philip's Catholic Church in Woodland. And 46 degrees at St. Joseph's Church in Salem. Well, we have traveled through these weeks of Lent, and well... The end is almost in sight. We come upon Palm Sunday this weekend, and that really ushers in a beautiful Holy Week. Now, early on, we spoke with Monsignor O'Connor. We know that the beautiful Chrism Mass is slated for Monday of next week. And then, well, of course, we move into that beautiful Triduum of Holy Thursday Good Friday, and then, of course, the Easter Vigil on Saturday. Joining us this morning, well, to begin a beautiful preview of a music written specifically for this season of Lent, it is our good friend Terry Ross. Terry is host of The Glory of the Mass, and he's joining me today, well, to give us a beautiful preview of this upcoming episode. Good morning, Terry. Thank you so much for joining us again. Well, good morning to you, Brenda. Well, first, if anybody opened up the playlist for this episode, it's number 187, they would find a very long playlist. There is a lot of music in here. But as you say, there's just a lot of short movements. So while it looks like it's a lot of music, well, time-wise, it's still what we come to expect for Glory of the Mass. Let our listeners know a little bit about what you've picked out for this week's episode. Well, I've taken advantage of the fact that um, there are... A whole bunch of really good days uh, in this week. Four feast days. Palm Sunday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. Um, And so there's tons of music uh, for this because almost all Renaissance composers wrote music for Holy Week. 
uh, if not music for all of those days, and, and sometimes several pieces of music for each of those days. And uh, Tomas Luis de Victoria, the Spanish composer of the, of the High Renaissance, uh, wrote sets of the Lamentations of Jeremiah. Now, those Lamentations are taken from uh, the Lamentations of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. They lament the fall of Jerusalem mm. to Babylon. Um, and so it's a, a very fit sort of thing to be uh, unhappy or sad at the fall of Jerusalem, but to call upon it to rise again, which is what they do in the Lamentations. Um, we have two sets of Lamentations here, that both by Victoria, one for Maundy Thursday and one for Good Friday. And it looks like a whole lot of pieces on the playlist because the Lamentations are each made up of a whole bunch of short pieces. But in fact, it's about the same length of time as usual. We will, however, not have the Mass Ordinary no Kyrie, no Gloria, no Credo, no Sanctus and Agnus Dei, because I want to get all those lamentations in. Well, what I think is beautiful about this episode, too, is that you're going to step us through each one of these pieces as it flows through the episode. That's what you will hear if you tuned into the Glory of the Mass this weekend. Well, let's talk about Victoria. He's one of those Renaissance composers. I think that perhaps might be uh, one of your favorite, but definitely one of those composers that wrote a lot for the church. Remind our listeners a little bit about this composer. Now, if memory doesn't fail me, I think Victoria was born in 1548 and died in 1610, which means he lived in the second half, he composed all his music basically in the second half of the 16th century and the very beginning of the 17th. Um, he's unique among Renaissance composers in not having written any secular music at all. He only wrote sacred music in Latin. So no motets, uh, no chansons, no nothing like that, uh, no madrigals, although other composers at the time were doing that. Well, wonderful. Uh, it's wonderful to have composers like this and really who dedicated their entire career, well, in service to the church and creating this beautiful, sacred music. Well, there are several pieces in here that, that uh, our listeners will hear, of course, for Maundy Thursday. It'll be the Holy Thursday that begins the Easter Triduum. Good Friday, which is a continuation of that uh, celebration. But the week begins with Palm Sunday, also that entrance of Christ into Jerusalem. And you also have a piece for that. Yeah, that's the introit. Uh, Hosanna, Filio David. Hosanna to the Son of David, the King of Israel. And that's sung for us in Gregorian chant at the beginning. And then I have a piece. Uh, the, the rest of the pieces are basically for the Lamentations. Well, excellent. As we typically do when you come on the show, Terry, we preview a piece of the music that people will listen to. You've picked out something beautiful. Now, we are going to pick up this preview just about 20 seconds into it. But tell our listeners what we are about to listen to. Yeah, the reason we're picking up 20 seconds into it is it starts out really, really quietly. Yes. But it gets, in, it gets much louder and much more exciting very shortly. Uh, it's one of my favorite graduals. It's called Christus Factus Est, and it's by Anton Bruckner, 
who is an Austrian composer, um, and it's sung by the choir of King's College, Cambridge. Uh, it's particularly exultant, as are most of Bruckner's graduals. All right, excellent. Well, let's listen to this piece now. It does definitely pick up, and all of those voices are incredible. Now, explain to our listeners because you know class is in session. That what type of piece of music is this? Because I can hear people coming in. I think at a little different time, not always saying the same words at exactly the same time either. What do we call this kind of piece? Well, we call it polyphonic, uh, but. A lot of this piece is not polyphonic. Okay. People are singing the same words at the same time, a lot of the, almost all the way through it. So it's it's not uh, an old-fashioned piece in that sense. It's a new a newfangled piece. Oh, I love it. Take uh, take the best parts of these different styles and put them together. And wow, you've got really something special here. Well, Terry, it's a wonderful episode. Of course, a wonderful way to prepare for the Sunday liturgies is by listening to the glory of the mass. Terry, remind our listeners at what time on the weekends they'll be able to catch your show. It's on Saturday at four o'clock in the afternoon and on Sunday at two. Excellent. And if you go to our webpage, materdayradio.com, under the programming menu, you'll find the glory of the Mass. And that's where you'll find this very long playlist for this week's episode. Terry, thank you again so much. I really appreciate your time. And thank you for all you do to help us enter into this beautiful time of our liturgical year. You're very welcome, Brenda. And again, that is Terry Ross. So we are previewing episode number 187. That is absolutely amazing. Now you can listen to Terry's show live on the air at Mater Day Radio. But also remember, you can catch the podcast. Please download today the free Hail Mary media app. It is 823 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the morning blend. Last day of the month. What episode was that? 187. That is amazing. And you think about there's 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. He has never had an encore program. That's, yeah, Dedication. I'd like to see his record collection. Right? I wonder if he has a huge record. He might. Yeah. Just, well, congratulations. That That is fantastic. Hey, if you haven't downloaded the free Hail Mary Media app, please do so. Got all the information on our website. You can have access to exclusive audio, video, and text prayers. You can tune in to live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio. You can sign up for customized prayer reminders as well. And you can listen to Terry's program as well, right on through there on the Hail Mary Media app. All the details on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. 
The devil's third temptation for Jesus in the wilderness is doubt. He leads Jesus to Jerusalem, the city where he will soon be rejected and crucified. There he made him stand on the edge of the temple roof and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from there. Then, flipping the script, he tries to trap Jesus with some scripture quoting of his own and says, For it is written, He will command the angels to guard you. With their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. But Jesus, again quoting from Deuteronomy, knowing he's trying to make him doubt God's care, rebukes him by saying, It also says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus is referring back to the times the Israelites were tempted in Exodus. Lent is like a mini Exodus leading us to the victory of Easter. We must also keep God as our refuge and fortress in whom we trust to see us to victory. This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass, Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And it is 826 at Mater Day Radio. Well, a little better news for potential home buyers. We'll have that for you in the news. And a hot bowl of chicken soup is the recipe for a quick recovery when you're feeling bad. Apparently... Italian pizza does mm-hmm. the same thing, too. I'll give you an update on Pope Francis and when he's expected to head home back to the Vatican. I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Here is Sanctus Real and Unstoppable God. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. I wish I knew when this mountain in my way is going to move. Hope it's okay to tell the truth Sometimes the doubt starts to win Yeah, I'd be lying if I told you I was anything but weak Right now my struggle's all I see But I'm not giving in My story will not end in defeat Cause nothing can stop in a stop
That is Sanctus Real and Unstoppable God. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this hour, the Vatican said Friday that Pope Francis may be discharged from the hospital on Saturday after responding well to treatments yesterday sharing a pizza dinner with those assisting him. In two brief statements in the early afternoon of March 31st, Vatican spokesman Matteo Bruni also said Pope Francis is scheduled to be present at the Vatican's Palm Sunday Mass in St. Peter's Square on April 2nd. And Pope Francis was admitted to Rome's Gemelli Hospital on Wednesday afternoon with difficulty breathing. He was later diagnosed with bronchitis. The morning of March 31st, this morning, the Pope had breakfast, read the newspapers, and resumed work. Brunei added, His Holiness is expected to return to his Santa Marta home tomorrow upon the outcome of results from the latest tests this morning. Yay, I love that to hear. A yeah. nice slice of pie to lift your spirits. I love it. I was looking up to see if I could find if it, there was a story that said, because I was, what Pope Francis' favorite pizza was. Yeah. So I couldn't, it just couldn't said he say. loves pizza. He just likes pizza. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't? He's got, and he lives in a city where they have the yes. finest pizza in the world. I said earlier, I think it's probably, he's a simple eater. Simple. So just likes, you know, a nice margarita pizza, fresh olive or fresh uh, tomatoes. A, a little basil leaf. Mozzarella cheese. A stash of oregano. Yeah, I know what I'm having for dinner tonight, <laughs> I think. A Manhattan grand jury has voted to indict Donald Trump on charges involving payments made during the 2016 presidential campaign to silence claims of an alleged extramarital encounter with an adult film actress. It's the first ever criminal case against a former U.S. president. The indictment, while sealed, was confirmed yesterday by a lawyer for Trump after the news broke. Trump has denied any wrongdoing and says the charges are politically motivated. According to reports, the former president was expected to surrender to authorities next week. The Manhattan case is just one of several legal matters Trump is dealing with, including being investigated for his role in Georgia's 2020 vote count, storing classified documents at his Florida home, and the events at the nation's capital on January 6th. Well, the Portland International Airport and ZGF Architects have finally given Portlanders another look at what the new main terminal will eventually look like 2025. From a new check-in area to acres of a latticed wood ceiling, the future of PDX looking pretty nice. Now, the new facelift is part of the five-year, $2 billion investment at PDX. And construction has been underway for the last two years, and now crews starting to bring it all together, one section at a time. Now, the carpet's a big deal for Portlanders. I've had many a friend take oh, yeah. a picture of their feet on that beloved carpet. And their love of the old and iconic carpet is what makes Portland a little bit of a quirky kind of place. Well, a new facelift means out with the old and in with the new. And if these new renderings are to be believed with the pictures, people shall have the old PDX carpet, at least in some of the waiting areas. That's nice. It is incredible. Yeah. And the setup, completely different. I mean, it's not going to look like the same main terminal that we are used to seeing. Right. And uh, it'll have lots of kiosks that will swiftly move you from the waiting area over to your gate. It's just incredible yeah, really anxious you know it every year it gets like the top airport or second top airport in the country i mean it's always right at the top of the list right 
Well, fire crews responded Thursday morning to two homes on fire in Portland's Northwest Heights neighborhood sparked by an explosion in one of the homes, firefighters said. Crews arrived and confirmed the explosion in one home and saw that the fire had fully engulfed the home and spread to the house next door. No injuries were reported. Crews began applying water to the fire and were able to keep it from spreading beyond the two homes. Now, the cause of the explosion is not yet known and the extent of the damage to the second house not known either. Now, natural gas utility provider Northwest Natural responded to the scene to make sure that the pipeline system to the area was in integrity. I was watching the news last night, and they showed the house on fire. And yeah, it was it was, was scary. It a lot? Yeah, and uh, the other thing too, kind of challenging for firefighters to get up there. Really, because kind of it's kind of up in the hill yeah, a little, right? But it did a great wow. job. Wow, they always. controlled it very within an yeah, hour. Yeah. They think they said. Some encouraging news for potential home buyers. There was another week of falling mortgage rates, with the average rate dropping last week for the third week in a row, according to data from Freddie Mac released yesterday. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage averaged 6.32% in the week ending March 30th. That's down about a tenth of a percent from the week before. Now, a year ago, the 30-year fixed rate was just over 4.5%. Excuse me. A spokesperson for Freddie Mac says over the last several weeks, declining rates have brought borrowers back to the market. But as the spring home buying season gets underway, low inventory remains a key challenge for prospective buyers. He says buyers continue to be very sensitive to mortgage rates and are expected to eye any more dips this spring as an opportunity. Well, an orca captured from Puget Sound more than 50 years ago may be closer to coming home. For years, members of Washington's Lummi Nation have been fighting for the orca's release from a Miami aquarium where she's been held since the early 70s. Thursday, the owners of the Miami Sea Aquarium announced a formal and binding agreement with Friends of Lolita to begin the process for turning the orca to Puget Sound. Now, the release indicates that the joint effort is working towards and hope to the relocation possible in the next 18 to 24 months. Now, born free in the Puget Sound, Tokate, a southern resident orca, was just four years old when she was captured in the San Juan Islands and sold to the Miami Sea Aquarium in 1971. They named her Lolita. So if released, the plan calls for Tokate to inhabit a large underwater pen in the San Juan Islands. It would be built with the help from the nonprofit, the Whale Sanctuary Project. They are helping uh, finalize the plans of Tokate's Salish Sea Pen also. So let's uh, let's bring her home. I find it interesting when they when Miami got the the whale that how did they come up with the name uh, of all the different names <laughs> let's name let's yes. name her Lolita Lolita I don't know <laughs> yeah. how that came about I like Tokate yeah. and what's so important too is you know if you've spent any time or any knowledge of Puget Sound area tribal people the orca is just such an integral part of their spirituality, yeah. too. So I can see why this is such a cause for celebration. Oh, absolutely. Well, in sports, how about this? For opening day of Major League Baseball, former Oregon State catcher Adley Rutschman playing his first opening day for the Baltimore Orioles went five for five. <laughs> That's amazing. Including four RBIs, and his first at bat was a home run. 
No one in the majors has done this since 1937. The Orioles beat the Red Sox, too, 10-9. Mariners also won their opener, 3-0 over Cleveland in Seattle. So for Rutschman, you know, he was a very heralded. He was the top pick. Really? Yeah, coming out uh, of college, coming out of Oregon State. And so, you know, people were kind of waiting for him. And then the pandemic struck. And he was down in single-A ball, I think, to start and slowly worked his way up. And then last year, he was injured early in the season, so he didn't get to get to play opening day. So he, I think he came to the Orioles like in May. And so yesterday was his actual first opening day, nice. and that's what he did. Sounds like he is making good on the promises when yeah. he signed his contract, saying, I'm going to do my best. You know, I don't think he'll be able to continue to bat a thousand through the rest of the season. But yeah, uh, you know, probably not. Yeah. But you know what? That's what that number says today. That's exactly right. A University of Portland baseball team will try to build on its undefeated record in the West Coast Conference when it travels to St. Mary's for a trio of games, first being this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Pilots 6-0 and in conference play following sweeps over Pepperdine and Pacific. The Ducks and the Beavers also on the road. Oregon has three games at the Arizona Wildcats, while Oregon State will play three in Seattle against the Washington Huskies. So we were talking about the women's Final Four in the last segment okay. is tonight, and then the men's Final Four, NCAA Men's College Basketball Tournament, tomorrow. And we were like, okay, what is it? So what are they all? Here it is. So okay. tomorrow, 3 o'clock, it is... San Diego State against Florida Atlantic. So two unlikely teams. What, in what the, is their mascot, yeah. Florida Atlantic? The, uh, the Owls, An I believe. Owl. It's the Owls, I okay. think. Yeah, it's funny you ask that because I looked that up. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I was, I'm really yeah, interested in. <laughs> I was wondering the same. And San Diego State. The Aztecs. The Aztecs. And then the second game, probably right around uh, 545 or so, will be Miami against UConn. So those are your men's final four tomorrow. In 2020, in the heart of the pandemic, Pope Francis focused a homily on the special devotion that marks the Friday before Passion Sunday. This day, known as Passion Friday, is a day the church turns to the sorrow suffered by Our Lady. And Pope Francis said, It will do us good to think about Our Lady's sorrows and to thank her because she accepted to be a mother. Pope Francis recalled that Christian's devotion has collected Our Lady's sorrows and speaks of the seven sorrows. He said, it's good for me late in the evening when I pray the Angelus to pray these seven sorrows as a remembrance of the mother of the church who, with so much pain, gave birth to all of us. And the Pope invited the faithful to thank Our Lady for being a mother. And he said, today it would be good for us to stop a little and think of the sorrow and the pains of Our Lady. She is our mother. And to think of how she endured her sorrows, how she carried them well with strength, with tears. They weren't false tears. It was her heart destroyed by sorrow. It would be good for us to stop for a little and say to Our Lady, Thank you for agreeing to be mother when the angel told you, and thank you for being and agreeing to be our mother when Jesus mm. told you. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. All right, young Catholic professionals, this Tuesday at 7 o'clock, it is their professionals' virtue panel on fortitude. 
It's happening at the Archdiocese of Portland Pastoral Center. This event will include a social with drinks and appetizers, a spiritual reflection, and panel discussion with their guests, who include Miriam Marston, Dr. William Toffler, and Chris Wojnar, mm. the Director of Quality at Danner Boots. Nice. So, sounds like it's going to be a great event. You can find more details on these and other things happening. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Boy, it doesn't seem that long that Lent began. Ash and Wednesday. I know, Ash Wednesday. And here we are Sunday, Palm Sunday, just like that. And then into Holy Week. So we'll talk about that coming up in our second cup right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Dr. Tom McGovern of Dr. Doctor. Prayer, it's not something we often talk about on the show, but we do sometimes. And sometimes people equate prayer with something that is good for our health. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it's definitely good for our soul. I used to think of prayer as talking to God, but the older I get, the more I realize that things like Lexio Divina, where I'm reading a scripture and then thinking about it, seems to just get in the way of sitting and spending time quietly with God. You know, maybe it's an old guy thing, but wow, that is just so much more valuable when I get to sit and be with God. So I start every day with it. I need it just to be normal. And normal's hard to come by these days. If the Holy Family is the one normal family that ever existed, well, I want to be like them. That's the way that Mary was of Mary and Martha fame, who sat at Jesus' feet and just listened and was with him. It's like what we do with our, our little kids. I mean, yeah, our little kids might like to talk to us, but don't we love it when they just sit up next to us and we're just together? And that's what God wants from us. And that's when he can impart some of his grace into us. We might not feel it, but it's sure going on. We encourage you to schedule a specific time in your day for silence. Whatever you need to do, wherever you need to go, to give space to listen for the Lord. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. 
Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Modern Day Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.46 at Mater Day Radio. Well, you know, it, we, we say this, it's supposed to be rainy and breezy today. Maybe it's going to roll in a little bit later today. They're saying pretty much after 11 a.m. So uh, this afternoon's commute home eh, it might be a little damp. Kind of breezy as well. Could see gusts up to 30 miles per hour at some point with a high of 50 degrees. Rainy and breezy again overnight tonight. 40 degrees, your high. And then for Saturday and Sunday, 100% chance of showers what? through the weekend and highs right around 50 degrees. And then I mentioned this at the top of the show. Sunday night heading into Monday morning, there's a snowflake in the forecast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that just seems very unusual. Now, whether or not transpires and maybe you know whatever but i'm just telling you well currently it is 47 degrees and not snowing no. at seton catholic high school in vancouver and 46 degrees at the madeline church in portland the morning blends not over yet there's time for a second cup with david and brenda so we were having a little discussion here about the gospel readings coming up both this weekend and, of course, in, as we enter into the Easter Triduum. Right. As you said, it seemed like it wasn't all that long ago that it was Ash Wednesday. I know. And now here we are on Palm Sunday. And it reminded me, David, we'll hear two gospel readings mm-hmm. for Palm Sunday Mass. They typically begin, many processions will, because the outside of the church, people will pick up their palms and then enter in. And there is a reading, a gospel reading of Christ entering into Jerusalem mm-hmm. for Palm Sunday. Then as we begin Mass, we sit down for the first reading. We'll have the responsorial psalm, second reading, then the reading of the Passion. Right. And so that's the second gospel reading that happens on Palm Sunday. So I thought on today's second cup, we'll spend a few minutes talking about Palm Sunday itself, Mm -hmm. some things to remember and make sure we do, and then a little uh, to-do list as we enter into Holy Week. Yes. For Palm Sunday, the Passion reading, typically uh, audience participation, right? That's right. Yeah. We get those uh, lines of crucify him. Yeah, the crowd. Yes, we are the crowd. The crowd. So I always kind of watch and wait right. for that. Uh, and then every nobody ever answers all together. It's all kind yeah. of massive. So we're not very good at that. But uh, yeah, and you're right, though. There'll be different people, the narrator, uh, the voice of the different you know characters in there, right. uh, and the voice of Jesus, who mm-hmm. is always the priest. The priest, right. Yeah, it, it is that voice. So it is a long reading, but it's an important one. Mm, we oh, always yeah. remind, it's, it is... We, we have to constantly remind ourselves that the passion of the Lord uh, is everything. Right. It's everything. And then, correct me if I'm wrong here, but... You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> yes, as I typically am. The passion is also read uh, on Good Friday. On Good Friday. Yeah. You're right. We do read that again also. So, But let's enter into this in a, in a nice you know, entry kind of a way. Uh, We are having Palm Sunday. Now, here are some things to remember for Palm Sunday. First of all, kids, when you get your palms, uh, Christian and Ashlyn, (laughs) (laughs) 
If you poke your neighbor or your sibling with it, yes. your parents are going to take it from you. They're not meant for sword fighting They in are the not pews. sword fighting. They yeah. are blessed items, yes. which means we need to handle them respectfully. Uh, so that was my rule. Uh, you're going to hold it. And if you poke me, your brother, your sister, your neighbor, yeah. I'm going to take it. Now, do you allow them to make uh, the little crosses? That is the next thing. So with okay. with a blessed item like that, is it okay to manipulate it? And yes, okay. yeah. you can take that palm. Uh, preferably, you should not do that during the priest's homily or during a part of the mass. Right. Maybe perhaps if you get it early and you make it... Before, before mass. begins, yeah. yeah, that's a good thing. Or wait until after. Sure. Uh, I have one daughter that likes to make actually very beautiful uh, a cross, and she'll put little rosettes around it. I mean, she's, wow. she's talented. That's so neat. Uh, yeah. Go online, look and see what some people do with these. Mm-hmm. But yes, they are uh, blessed items, and but it is okay to make yeah. them into the shape of a cross. Now I've heard this before too that uh, they're used the. Uh, when the palms are over, so to speak, they can be burned and used for the ashes on they, Ash Wednesday. On Ash Wednesday for yeah. next year. That is what they do yeah. with the remnants. Now, let me see here. I, I have uh, an open... Yes. So here it is. So here's what's interesting. So palm harvesters can be found around the world. However, a certain kind of palm tree grown in Florida called the cabbage palmetto Hmm. makes up a large majority of the palms used in the u.s oh okay so it's a cabbage palmetto cabbage palmetto in case you were wondering about that interesting this also means it's the time to take your palms from last year because many people put them on the mantle Mm -hmm. Uh, this is one of my son's favorite things to do uh, when he gets home from palm sunday mass is they should be burned yeah do not throw them away okay Okay, and so our go-to uh, method is to get a brown lunch box, uh, lunch bag, you know, like the brown paper lunch bags. You put the palms in there, take it outside, and light the bag on fire, and it takes care of everything. Because palms tend to go out. They, they don't, like, burn right. real nicely. So those are some things to Yeah, because they're kind of green. Yes. Yeah, right. They are. All right. And then the last thing I want to let you know, that's, of course, Sunday. It is a day of rest. We're rejoicing uh, because it is Palm Sunday. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and into Wednesday, those are the days to prepare for the weekend. Mm -hmm. Do your house cleaning. Do your shopping. Run all of your errands. Get it all done, as those are days of preparation. So that way, when Thursday comes... You are ready to enter into this triduum. It's kind of that mini liturgical season right? with being able to just focus on being present Mm -hmm. in prayer during that time. And then Easter. You can have some time on Saturday to do that also. So that way you are ready to celebrate Easter. There you go. Maybe dye some eggs too. That's right. I forgot about that. Easter eggs. That's right. So we pray that you have a very blessed Palm Sunday and you enjoy today's second cup. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. 
Support for Matcha Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. Have you ever selected a palm and you got it home from church and it ends up being two palms? Bonus. Yeah, they, they're stuck together. Extra blessings yeah. for you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, your last weather forecast heading into the weekend. Well, it's going to be a wet weekend, it looks like. Uh, showers today, rain, breezy, high of 50 degrees, rainy and breezy tonight, low of 40. Saturday and Sunday, 100% chance of showers. Highs right around 50 degrees. It's currently 46 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Josh Blakesley, Be Lifted High. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Your voice is over the water. Your voice is over the sea. Your voice is mighty in power and wisdom and love and charity. The heavens thunder your glory. The heavens testify. The heavens shine in the darkness for all of the nations of holy light. You will be exalted.
is Josh Blakesley and Be Lifted High. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the morning blend for the month of March. That's it. Just that's it. David and Brenda with you. Thank you so much for joining us all week long. We will look forward to talking with you in April. And a word of warning for you tomorrow, Brenda. What's that? Don't be fooled. <gasps> oh, thank you for saying that. I have a daughter and son-in-law live for getting me on mm-hmm. April Fool's Day. That's it. Thanks for that reminder. You're welcome. And that's a good reminder for you to have a very blessed weekend. That's going to wrap it up for us on The Morning Blend. Have a blessed day.